Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us once again. It's good to be together, the two of us, first time in 2023. And Barry had the same challenge today as I had last week, trying to remember how to do it all after a few weeks break. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I, Mark and I were joking that... Uh, you know, as the older we get, we can hide our own Easter eggs. And, you know, we were talking about we might not even find them after we hide them. <laughs> it just, but, hey, it just makes the journey more exciting. So, And I just want to wish everybody a big Happy New Year. This is my first uh, uh, live stream. I mean, Mark was with you guys last week. I was in Toronto at the School of Ministry, the Leader School. But yeah, happy happy New Year! I wish I had some party horns, but maybe it's, maybe it's getting a little late, you know, for, for me to do that. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back. And okay, Mark, is this this is our fourteenth calendar year? Is it's, that correct? It's our fourteenth calendar year, our thirteenth year of webcasts. Yes. Yes. Right. We started just, July uh, two thousand and ten. Yeah. And now, yeah. Trina's. Treat, treat Trina's saying that the audio is a little bit off. Is anybody else finding that? Just to get some, if, if it is, give us, pardon, I was like, give us feedback, pardon the pun on feedback with audio, but uh, just let us know. I'm not sure um, if there's anything we can do about it because of the internet stuff or, but. Yeah, Seems okay know. with me, Barry, but, um, you know, let us know. Yeah, you're sounding good with me. Uh, yeah, and you're sounding good with me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're good. Mike's good. That's good. Um, yeah, sometimes um, you just have to refresh refresh the Facebook page, and yeah, that does something that. in the with the pigeons, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how did it go last week, Barry, in Toronto? Very good. Very. Uh, of course, uh, you know, I love speaking at the school of ministry at any time um as far as you know i used to, Anne and i usually are there four times a year the two two of the times are the youngins you know of course <laughs> the you know the probably late teens and up to probably 30 and then two times a year are the leader school so this is open to anybody uh and it's it's um usually it's 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 some older people as well so this this one was the older crowd which is uh you know sometimes you know the older i get like i'm i'm becoming like grandpa to the uh to the young this the certainly the age wise at least uh, to the young students but so there you know typically there's so much hunger that uh yeah it makes it very easy to to be able to share with people so it was really really good and of course we ended with a big party and yeah, I saw we that. had we had glow-in-the-dark um, necklaces, and we had uh, crowns, and yeah, so it, it was great fun. Good. Well, maybe one day, Barry, we're going to have to work out how to do a party on the webcast and get everybody joining in somehow. <laughs> yes. Well, what, you know, one one of these days, I'm thinking that you know we're going to go to that next level. We're actually laser beamed, you know, in into. Uh, rather than just on screens, and we're actually in the room with people, so I'm not sure how that all works. But one, one of these, we'll get there. That might be the next generation who take that on, Barry. <laughs> yeah, I kind of think so. We're doing the best we can just to manage this, right? Hey, and we've, we've come a long way since 2010. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I'd just like to mention our encounter week. Is that okay? Sure. Um, so we've got our Father Heart Encounter 
encounter the Father uh, in March, 4th to 10th of March, at Cloverley Hall in Shropshire, UK. Um, really just a wonderful opportunity to spend a week um, experiencing and encountering the Father's love for you and uh, dealing with some of the rubbish that gets in the way to to us receiving and living in love. And because it's residential, it's a really good opportunity just to get away from the busyness of life and give ourselves to what Father wants to do in our hearts. So um, it's in the UK, but we're near Manchester Airport and Birmingham Airport and lots of European flights come into those two uh, airports and then we're on a pretty near a train station. So it's relatively easy if you wanted to come from Europe we would love to welcome you. So look at the website fatherheart.uk forward slash encounter. If you've been on one of these weeks and um, you know you've really benefited, you're of course welcome to come back. Um, but why not tell your friends uh, or people in your church or people you know about it and encourage them to come. Tell them a little bit of your personal testimony and encourage them to come and join us. We'd love to uh, be able to welcome them uh, in March. So all of the details, booking form and everything else are, are on the website. And it would just be great to see as many people as want to come as possible. So uh, yeah, that's something we're doing in March. And um, we've got something else to tell you about, haven't we, Barry? Well, I was going to ask you, are we allowed to talk about it? Oh, we're absolutely allowed to talk about it. Um, we have some exciting news. Um, you, you guys are all used to seeing the two of us on a computer screen. And it looks kind of like we're together, but we're kind of separated because I'm in England and Barry's in Canada. But in May, we are going to be together in the same room, in the same building for two different, three different conferences. And we're really excited about that, not just being able to be together in reality, but just being able to do something together and see a lot of you guys. So, um, Thursday the 4th of May, Thursday the 4th of May to Sunday the 7th of May, we are in the Netherlands. Um, it's a residential long weekend at Hellfort. Um, and we're calling it a deeper homecoming. And so we'll be together in uh, the Netherlands, the 4th to the 7th. And then the following week, um, the 12th to the 14th, we're going to be in Gloucester in the UK together. I've had to teach Barry how to pronounce Gloucester because <laughs> you pronounce it in a different way to the way you look at it. Um, but we are together in Gloucester at um, Wes and Sharon Boxall's church, uh, Golden Valley Church. Really good friends of ours. Um, the Gloucester conference is non, uh, non-residential, but the hotel that we're doing the conference in are doing a, a good deal if you want to stay in that hotel. And then on Sunday the 14th, we're going up to Bridge North uh, to be with Mike and Sue and Norman and Johanna. And we're just doing an evening uh, meeting there. So um, go to our website, fatherheart.uk, click on the events link, go down to Deeper Homecoming. There is a link for the booking form for the Netherlands. That's up live. That's um, that we've, we've got several people already booked. 
In the next few days, there will be a booking link um, on the same webpage for the conference in Gloucester. You need to register for both, um, and all of the details are on there. But we are very, very excited about that, aren't we, Barry? <laughs> it, yes, absolutely. We, it is long overdue, and uh, yeah, I mean, it is just... Um, to actually bump shoulders with Mark when we're we're, we're up, uh, you know, kind of sharing is going to be fun. You know, maybe you know a couple of boys we might get into a wrestling match or something. Who knows? But Who knows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are looking forward to it. And you know, and of course, all our friends in in Europe, we in the UK. It's just uh, that's been long overdue for us to actually to to come. Uh, the The last time that, and of course, my darling wife just said, looking forward to it. So she's coming too. We're really pleased. She's about that. coming too, and yeah, I mean, she's going to be keeping an eye on Mark and I to make sure that we don't misbehave too much. But she's um, got a hard job. <laughs> and and just a a little bit of the backstory of of even everything coming into this trip is the last time that uh, both Anne and I were coming to be with Mark uh, was in 2014 and, yeah. and that was uh, the fall of 2014 and it was just a week before we were going to leave that uh, that our daughter was you know that was diagnosed with leukemia and we had to cancel that trip unfortunately and of course Mark and John were so gracious at the time just to to uh, excuse us but uh, yeah so it's that's that long I mean that's yes. nine years ago and yeah. uh, this this fall and you know, and it's been a while since then. I've been in in U, the UK, so yeah, we're really looking for it, really stoked, and I'm I'm, I'm ready to. You know, my bags are packed. I, they're just at the end of my bed. I'm just just <laughs> waiting for me to come. Excellent. So we're really looking forward to that. So all of the details are on the website, and as I say, the yeah. the booking, the link for the booking for the Gloucester conference will be available soon. Um, but uh, yeah, and we just we would just love to see as many of you guys as can make it. Um, the, the one in the Netherlands is residential. Um, the one in the UK is non-residential. Um, so we're really looking forward to that. It, it was um, September 2019 that we were last together in person. So that's yeah. three and a half years. Um, three and a half years. Um, so um, yeah, and we always have fun. Um, when we're together and I, I do feel sorry for Anne trying to um, keep us in order <laughs> maybe she'll just join in the fun she'll probably join in <laughs> so that's something we're really looking forward to and um, very very excited about that so um, today um, we want to have a bit of a discussion um, on what it means for God to be a father to us Mm. Um, so Barry, do you want to just pray for us before we start, oh, and then I'll do a little recap of what I, I covered last week, and then we'll kind of t we're just going to see where it goes. <laughs> well, Father, we thank you that you really are a father to us in every way. Um, you father us in our hopes and our dreams. You father us in our deepest fears and our despair. You father us in in every possible way and so as we just just unpack that in, in a just a little bit more today father would you just awaken in each and every one of us how close you are to us how near you are how interested you are in every part of our life not just what we deem spiritual but everything mm -hmm. and yeah we just pray for 
that just anybody who's listening live and anybody who's listening afterwards, that, Father, that your love would come, the tangible sense of your abiding presence would come to each one of us and just embrace us where we're at. If we're having a good day, if we're having a bad day, or every day in between, that your love would just sustain us and carry us and just really, really convince us more today Mm -hmm. that you love us than you're the Father that we've looked for all our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for making all this possible. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Barry. Well, shall I just do a recap and then bring you back in a few minutes? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That'd be good. So, um, last week I spoke about God being a Father to us. Um, You know, those of you who know me, you know, I I speak on this very often because this, this, for me, is the life-changing thing. This is the promise that God gives each one of us. This is the promise that God gave his people way back in the Old Testament. You know, in Exodus and Deuteronomy, he says to his people, I will be your God and you will be my people. And he he says that promise regularly throughout the, the Old Testament. And he says it, and I love this, He says it when the people are rebelling and doing their own thing and walking their own way. And he doesn't doesn't, um, reject them. He doesn't um, seek to punish them. He just says, look, I'm your God. You're my people. And he does everything to draw them back to himself. And, um, you know, it it says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 that before the creation of the world, God predestined us to receive the full rights of sonship. That's, That's always what he's wanted. That's the only relationship that he wants with us, is to be a father to us and for us to be his children. Um, Jeremiah 3 verse 19, you know, God says, how gladly would I treat you like sons? And give you a desirable land, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. I thought you would call me father and not turn from following me. See, in that verse, there's an affirmation of our identity as sons and daughters. There's an affirmation of our belonging, that he wants to give us a desirable land. And there's an affirmation of our inheritance, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. You know, and that's the father's desire. That's what he really wants to do. And he says, I thought you would call me father and not turn from following me. You see, the people couldn't receive those three affirmations because they turned and they weren't following him and they weren't calling him father. You know, and I often think, why does he say that there? He says that there because he is father. And that's who he wants to be to us. And then we get this beautiful promise in 2 Corinthians 6.18, which is in fact two promises. It's, it's first of all a promise of who God is. I will be a father to you. And secondly, it's a promise about us. You will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You know, those promises are backed up by all of the authority of heaven. And those of you who've heard me speak regularly, you will know that it was those two words, I will be a father to you, that really changed my life. They changed my understanding of who God was, of who I was. And I really believe those two little words, we we often miss 
those two little words. We miss the power of those words. And we live a life where we know that God is a father. We know that he is the father. But somehow we don't allow him to be a father to us. And so last week we, t- we talked about that and how God wants to be a father to each one of us. And what we want to do tonight, and I'll bring Barry back in a second, is we want to kind of, how does this work in practice? You know, what, what does it look like? Um, because it, this, this isn't a theory, this isn't a set of principles, this is a living relationship. So I'm just going to bring Barry back in and then we're kind of going to just talk about this together. Um, because and the, the, the place I want to start is, is dealing with the issue of shame which I kind of touched on a little bit last week, but shame is something I think that affects most people in some way or another. Um, Some people really live under a cloud of shame and it drags them down and it just, it causes them to hide away because of of being fearful of, of judgment or criticism or condemnation. You know, Paul writes, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And shame, what shame is, shame is different to guilt. You know, you're guilty when you've done something wrong. (laughs) But we feel shame when that guilt goes further. And instead of believing we've done something wrong, we actually believe that we are wrong. And so shame, shame is not so much to do with attitudes, like not, not, not so much to do with actions of what we've done, but it's to do with attitudes of who we believe we are. And uh, my experience is many, many people struggle with shame. You know, in the Garden of Eden, Adam said, you know, we were, we were naked and we had no shame. And then a few verses later, after the fall, when they've sinned, suddenly they're aware of their nakedness. You know, they're aware of their vulnerability. They're aware that something is not right. And what they believe is that they believe that they are wrong. Not that they've done something wrong, but they are wrong. They are bad. And that's what shame is. And I think many of us struggle with that. And we believe that we are unworthy. And the Father wants to lift that blanket of shame off us and clothe us in his robe of righteousness. And I think, you know, the first sort of this, I think it's a really big area and we can allow God to be a father to us when we simply come to him and say, yeah, maybe I've done some things wrong, but we begin to believe that we are not wrong. We begin to believe that we're sons and daughters and that he loves us and he loves us with an everlasting love. And there's nothing we can do that will make him love us anymore and there's nothing we can do that will stop him loving us you know and I think if we have to kind of we have to just somehow uh, we have to recognize that we have we believe the lie the lie says you are bad not that you've done something wrong that might be the truth (laughs) we might have done something wrong (laughs) you know but that gets distorted into a lie that the enemy sows into our heart that says you are bad you are you are not good god can never like you 
and we believe that lie and we live in that lie and you know if we can see that for what it is as a lie of the enemy then we can begin to walk away from that shame so do you want to add anything about that barry yeah, I I totally agree that the the struggle with shame is is really so much part of the human experience, and uh, you know I don't, I'm not sure how if it happened in the UK or where you're from, but you know one of the common um, things that a parent would say when we were growing up, if if the child did something wrong, is shame on you. you. Yeah. Now they and of course they don't. You know, it, you know. I, I'm sure that every every parent that said that is probably, you know, would be horrified to think that what they actually were doing. But it it, it is actually heaping shame, and as you said, it, it goes from doing a bad thing to be me being bad, and, it, and mm-hmm. it, it strikes to the very core of our identity. And so, I mean, one of the things that, and of course, the father, you know, Isaiah 61:7 says, "Instead of their shame, mm. my people will receive a double portion of their inheritance." And of course, the double portion of an inheritance is the inheritance of the firstborn son of the family, mm. and, and, and of course, the firstborn son is Jesus. So we all get the, his inheritance, and so and and it's like there, we have this divine exchange where. Uh, the mm. father takes our shame, and it, you know, it's like, will we give it up? It's almost like, I mean, you know, in a, in a sense that it's, it's, it's like I think it, in his love, he's saying, come on, you just, I'll, this, this is the exchange. He's already given us the, the double portion, but will we let go of that shame? And I think, you know, the more that we are able to, you know, hear from the father who we are in his sight, how much he loves us, how much he believes in us, how much he values us. He never shames his kids, mm, yeah. you know, and, and I think, you know, I think it's Romans 5, 5, right? And hope uh, does not disappoint us or, or does not put us to shame because God has poured his love into our wow. hearts by the spirit which he's given us. So in essence, if you think of shame or if I think of shame, the love of God is, is you know, is diametrically opposed to shame. You know, he honors his kids. He loves his kids. He rejoices over them. He affirms us. So I think one of the things that, you know, is I, I, I feel this whole area and whether it's parents that have shamed us, whether it's a school system. I, you know, mm. again, I'm not sure about other school systems, but the school system I grew up in and bless the teachers, they were doing the best they could. But oftentimes if you weren't, you know, a top performing student that, you know, you could actually be, you know, sent to the hall or go sit in the corner or, or whatever. And then shame can come. And, yeah. and even if it's not intentional, it's, you know, it, it feels obvious. Uh, you know, I, I just remember even, you know, my darling wife, you know, when she was working part time at a job and, you know, every month they posted performance of every employee and all their mistakes on a bulletin board. It's just like, you know, obviously they were trying to think that it was going to be helpful. But what was it doing for the employees? It was making them feel ashamed unless they were the top performer. So I think this idea of shame is is woven into the whole being. And, of course, you know, you start even thinking about church life and then, you know, what can be communicated uh, if you don't kind of, lockstep in with say a church vision or something Mm. you know that can make you feel like you're ashamed for and so i i just you know my encouragement to 
anybody, and I think again, it's any, it's all of us, if to some degree, is that it's a con. It, it's, we're in a continuum of this. Yeah. It's not something that you know we deal with once and it, and all of a sudden it's sorted out for the rest of our life. I, I believe the Father, because we live in an orphan world system, and uh, I just believe that you know there are times when it comes back, and it's just mm-hmm. like, what do we do with that? Yeah. And you know, sometimes. I think it was uh, Brendan Manning. I was reading one of his books, uh, and he talked about thought, even self-talk, like things, thoughts that we will give ourselves permission to think about ourselves that we would never think about other people. And when you start thinking about that, you know, I, you know, oftentimes, you know, I'm my biggest critic, and you know, we need to to be able to, um, you know, be aware of that so that you know we're not kind of, you know coming into agreement with the accuser of the brethren and, and be able to actually come into agreement of who God is. So, yeah, brother, I, I just I just feel that, you know, that's something that the Father really wants us to deal with and, and, and get free yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. And the first thing is in dealing with it is to recognize it. Yeah. Um, because it's very subtle, it's very deceptive. Um, and it... it, it it steals the life that the Father wants us to enjoy. And sometimes we, we can't always recognize it in, in totality, but we're just aware of this feeling of, of unworthiness, of not good enough, and um, not accepted, and not valued, not wanted. And we have these thoughts, we have these ideas going through our minds, and... You know, they are they are just such clear indications to us of the shame, and if we can recognise those those thoughts that those lies that say you're no good, you know you're useless, you know that's shame, the liar shame working in our life, and you know that might be like a familiar um, sound that goes off in your in your in your mind in your heart, and you know that's 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 shame working in you and. You know, what I would just encourage you to do is just to bring that to the Father and say, Father, this is what I feel, but I know it's not the truth. You know, it's not the truth because it's not what you say about me. And, you know, and I would just simply say, with all of these things that we're going to discuss, you know, just say, Father, I don't want to live under this lie. I want you to be a father to me and to tell me the truth about myself. In John sixteen twenty six, you know, it's that simple verse, you know, the Father himself loves you. Mm. And uh, we've talked about that many times on the webcast. And, you know, that, that love, the word love there is filio. You know, it's a brotherly love. It's, it's a liking. It's a comradeship. It's like God is saying, hey, I like you. <laughs> it's okay. I like you. And... You know, if we can hear that voice speaking into our heart, hey, I'm the Father, I like you, I love you. You know, if we listen to that instead of the lie of shame, that will gradually turn our life around, that will turn our heart around and lead us into freedom. You know, that, that the Father doesn't want us to suffer under that. He wants us to be free of it. And maybe if you just, something's gone off in you as we've been talking, just... Just bring that to the Father and say, Father, I don't want to believe that lie anymore. I want to be free. I want to, I want to hear what you think about me. <laughs> See, that verse in Jeremiah I read out, you know, he affirms our sonship. Yeah. 
He affirms our sense of belonging. He affirms our inheritance. And you know, just go back to him and say, Father, I want, I want those things to be affirmed in my life. I want you to affirm my identity. And let him speak. Because he wants to transform all of us. He wants to take us all deeper into him. Yeah, and I think one, one of the things that's important, when you just said it, let him speak. Yeah. Um, one of the, the things that I've learned in, in my own life, and it's, you know, I'm sure it's a continuum as well, but, you know, Jesus said in, in I think it was John 10, my sheep hear my voice, mm. and the voice of a, a stranger they won't follow. And one of the things I think that happens in, in a natural way of us cultivating intimacy with God is that we learn to discern his voice. Mm-hmm. Now, if we understand a voice is different than words, yeah. right? Like somebody could call me who's not Anne, my wife, and say, hi, this is your wife, Anne. We live together. We've been married <laughs> 40 years and have all the details correct. But if I don't recognize the voice, mm-hmm. then I'll know that it's not my wife, right? Um, Anne doesn't have to even say anything other than hello. And I know it's my wife because of the intimacy that has been developed over those years. And so oftentimes I think even the enemy is that he's a master legalist and he will even use scripture to bring shame and judgment and condemnation on us. So uh, just because you're hearing scripture, you know, this is where I would encourage. And as Mark was saying, is this that that the father himself loves us. And now that doesn't mean that father doesn't discipline us. There's a Mm -hmm. difference between discipline and punishment or shame and all those all that nasty stuff because discipline is really we're being trained uh, we're being trained up as as sons and daughters to the father but so i think one of the things in this area of shame if you're struggling with with shame uh, or, or struggling with words that make you feel ashamed ask the father to say is this your voice father are, yeah. are you say and he i i guarantee it you know that he will say he will he will bring light to that situation if you're you know sometimes even those words that come that are very cutting might come from somebody who's very close to us or well-meaning or friend or you know somebody in the church or say things that they they mean well but maybe they're not actually coming from the heart of the father so and one of the things that is and again mark was saying that we want to be very practical about how does this apply to our lives you know and just the very nature of what we do on the internet, you know, every once in a while we'll get a comment that, you know, some comments come through and, you know, I'm, it's like, I don't, it's like water off a duck's back. It doesn't affect me at all. But every once in a while, it's like a comment might get through the, the, just the, the, the gap in my armor, right? And it hurts. Yeah. And you, and you kind of wonder like, you know, was that true, right? And, you know, and it's in those times that I, I go to the Father, especially when people are maybe saying mean things. And I, and I, and I honestly say, Father, will you tell me who am I? Who you, yeah. who yeah. I am in your sight? Can you, and then just stop and listen to what he says. And I think that's, you know, to, at least for me, it's not like the heavens open up and I feel this tremendous sense of God's presence. But it's just, I believe if we even just stop and do that, that God will help us. Yeah, 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 and you know sometimes there are times. I mean, and Barry Barry used the word discipline. You know, and there are times when the father disciplines us because he's, he's a father. But discipline is not to do with punishment. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says in 1 John 4 that fear has to do with punishment. And so discipline and punishment are completely separate. And you know, the wonderful thing about the Father is there are times when we do mess up. <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> you know, you, you guys might not, but I do. You know, there are times I mess up. And, and the Father just gently kind of helps me through that. But there's no condemnation. You know, he, he brings me through those seasons with love. You know, when, I just, when Jesus spoke to people, like the woman who was caught in adultery, you know, he just looked at her. I mean, he said, go and sin no more. You know, he said that to, to a number of people. And I often think about that. You know, there would have been no judgment. There would have been no condemnation. It would have been said with absolute perfect love. You know, now, when the father, the father's voice, as Barry was saying, when the father speaks and we hear his voice, there's no judgment, there's no condemnation. It brings life. And, you know, the enemy's lies, they bring condemnation, they bring fear and they trap us in guilt and shame. And, you know, I think it's just really important for us to really be aware of the Father speaking to us, hmm. um, and that takes that takes time. Um, yeah. it takes time, and I know for me, um, you know, many of you will know that. Um, gosh, nearly two years ago, I stopped work. I stopped my accountancy practice, and. I uh, gave all of that up. Um, one of the, the joys over the last two years is just having more time to sit with Father and hear his voice. You know, and I feel very privileged to be able to do that, but I believe we can all do that. You know, when, when I was working, I, I would go for a walk at lunchtime just to get out of the office and just and just listen to what the Father was saying, just have time with him. And... You know, the the enemy is very good at speaking into our life and speaking into our heart. And we sadly, we, we listen to him too much and we believe what he's saying. But we need to, we, we just need to have that time to listen to the Father's voice. Listen to the Father speaking to us. Um, there's a lovely video I saw on YouTube and I often use it in the schools we do of... Um, of, uh, it's a comedian actually, but he he's doing a a little video of um, well, it's, it's one of those home videos of when his his baby daughter was born, and um, the, the the baby's just in the you know on on lying on the bed or on a, in the cot crying, and the the mother's being seen to by the doctors and the midwife and all that sort of stuff, and the baby's just kind of lying there crying, and and this guy comes over and he just starts speaking to her speaks her name and her whole demeanor changes she just turns and looks at him she stops crying she comes to a place of peace and she just looks at him and he ends up the video and he said he's something i can't remember the exact words he said he said you know see what happens when the father speaks and we all need to hear the Father speak to us. And I, you know, that's such a powerful video. 
um, it just shows us the important, the power of the Father's voice to each one of us. Yeah. And you know, the if we're listening and aware that it's our Father, mm. it brings such a transformation. So I just encourage you just to take time in whatever way works for you to mm. hear them, listen to the Father's voice. Yeah, and and I think part of that journey for I think a lot of us is 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 experiencing healing uh, in our own relationship with God. Um, and be able to understand that you know maybe our mother's voice, our father's voice growing up, that was was not that soothing, affirming voice. So, you know, and oftentimes you know, and we've talked about this often on the on the webcast. It's just this idea of projecting onto God, uh, kind of the experience that we've had with our own parents. Hmm. So, so part of that. You know, in that journey of just saying, Father, I want to hear your voice. You know, ask God to bring healing to every area in our hearts where we've been damaged Mm -hmm. by voices that were meant to affirm us and love us and encourage us. And that's our parents. And, of course, part of that journey is not judging them, but actually releasing them and forgiving them for not being the parents we needed. But uh, I think that's all part of this 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 journey because oftentimes it's the, what's familiar to us, you know, mm-hmm. and if we, we have heard voices that have brought shame in the past, then we can just make assumptions. God is that way. And of course we know that even the best dads, you know, and I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good grandpa. You know, I want to be the super grandpa. I want to be the you best are. grandpa in the you world. Top of me. On <laughs> <laughs> top of you. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I, even the best father, you know, we, we've said it before that, the best that a father can give us, an earthly father, is a drop. Yeah. And our heavenly father wants to give us the ocean. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's where, you know, we can just, uh, if we can just posture our hearts, be honest and transparent before God, and, and just tell him how you're feeling, you know. Because yeah. one of the things I think that, because we, you know, we think that, you know, that we, we almost try to, sometimes communicate to God in a way that we think he expects us to, you know, like have, have this kind of protocol in our relationship where, uh, you know, that maybe, you know, we aren't as honest and transparent. But yeah. I really believe that the Father sees everything, you know, like I think of King David in Psalm 103, verse 13 and 14, he says, as a father mm-hmm. has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he, and this is the key, for he knows how we are made. He remembers that we came from dust. Yeah. And so when you when you understand, when the Father looks at you and I, he sees our frailty. It's not like he's expecting Super Mark and Super Barry and you know, spiritual and, you know, we're never, ever going to have a, a bad moment. He he understands that it's part of the human frailty. Mm-hmm. and But our frailty doesn't cause him to judge us. Our frailty actually causes him to be filled with compassion towards us. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I put a note in the comments of that video. It's, it's The Delivery Room, Kinda Deep by Michael Jr. So if you go onto YouTube and look for Michael Jr., The Delivery Room, you're, it's about two minutes long. 
but it's very, very powerful of the Father's voice, the Father speaking to us. And I just encourage you to watch that. We can't, we can't play it live on the, the webcast because of copyright issues, um, but you can all go to YouTube uh, later and look at that. So, yeah, I was just reminded, Barry, as you were talking, something Jack Winter said. Um, he said, uh, bitterness or unforgiveness is a poison pill that we swallow thinking it will kill the other person. <laughs> and we often carry bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts. And I, I really believe that that's one of the, the big blockages for us receiving God's fathering. Yeah. Because it, bitterness, unforgiveness, it's, that, it's the thing that closes our heart. Uh, maybe not all of our heart but maybe part of our heart and if we can come to that place of truly forgiving you know counting the cost of the things that have been stolen from us and having compassion and 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 pity on on the other person very often our parents and then letting go writing the dead off saying you owe me nothing you know that that's I think sometimes that's that's very difficult to do because the pain is so great, and in in many ways we can't do it on our own. But we can say to the, we say we can say Holy Spirit, I really need your help to do this, you know. And He leads us through that process. I really believe the Holy Spirit leads us through that process and brings us to that place where we can let it go and truly forgive. And I've seen so many people, and I guess you have, Barry, that have got to a place of real forgiveness from the heart and being able to let go, being able to forgive. And that's been the key to opening their heart yeah. to receive God's fathering. Yeah. God doesn't turn his fathering on and off. You know, okay, I've forgiven, he turns on the flow. No, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's not a reward for my good behavior or my actions. You know, it, it, he is loving me all the time. Yeah. He, he's loving each one of us all the time. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't look and say, okay, that, that, that person, you know, Mark's forgiven someone. Okay, I'll turn the tap on a bit more. He doesn't do that. He's loving us all the time. His love is everlasting. He's always being a father to us, but mm. it's our ability to receive that. Mm. And unforgiveness is a really big key. And if, you know, if we can get to that place of letting go, then we are able to receive that flow of fathering that is always there for us. Mm. The way that I I often share it is it, like trying to make the understanding between the the, the horizontal flow of love, uh, the the vertical flow of love, and the horizontal flow of love. And and so oftentimes when we have been hurt horizontally. It's like, you know, we are still hoping beyond hope that our parents will say what we've always needed them to say and it never happens. Or perhaps they've passed away or perhaps we've never known them. And so we're, we're dealing with this constant disappointment horizontally. Meanwhile, it, which affects our heart. Meanwhile, the father, and, and it's not like he's just vertical. I'm just, because he's everywhere and, and he's, you know, he hates, but it's like, 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 so vertically, he is saying to each one of us, as Mark said, he doesn't turn it on and off continually. I will mm. be a father to you, Barry. Mm. Mm. But then in the brokenness of my heart, I say, but he should have. 
And the father says, yes, I know he should have. But if yeah. he, I will be that father to you if you would just, you know, release. Could you just release your dad? And it's, and it's again, it's not conditional. I'm releasing mm-hmm. my dad. But it's 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 a blockage for me yeah. to receive the fathering that God's pouring. So it's like when we're able to see that and then we're able to release a mother or father, anybody who's hurt us horizontally, it just absolutely just opens us up to receive the affirmation, the everything that we were created to experience from God Himself, you know, in a vertical sense, and so like, you know, and and I, and that's where, it, it, in one sense, in a natural mind, it doesn't make sense, you know, the, it, the the it's the the guilty get a free pass, and the innocent have to pay, right? And in 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 the sense of the natural mind, but of course, when we begin to see that the way that we actually get free. Yeah. It's by releasing those who have hurt us so that the Father can actually bring healing to our hearts and actually pour his love into our hearts. And then, you know, we don't we're not, you know, walking around like I, the way I always share about forgiveness is it's like imagine tying a rope around your waist mm-hmm. and having a big, long rope. And on the other end of that rope is the person who hurt you. Mm-hmm. And wherever you go on planet Earth there, that rope, and it would be a long rope sometimes. It, it, wherever you go, there is still this unnatural, unhealthy connection between you and the person who hurt you. Yeah. Forgiveness is 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 kind of cutting that unhealthy tie, releasing the person, and then you get free. Yeah. So, and I think you know, in this whole area of shame, especially because you know, in, in the development of the human brain, I understand that from the year from age zero to age seven, little children believe everything their parents tell them. And oftentimes, and it's in that, those formative years of our life, or maybe even the school system, or our friends, or or some community. Uh, but it's in that time where this the shame was imprinted on our soul. And I just believe the Father wants to come today, even and just in our in whenever we're listening to this, even afterwards, that the Father would just come and in that that tangible sense of instead of your shame. Mm-hmm. The Father wants to give you that double portion of your inheritance. The inheritance of the firstborn, the yeah. inheritance of Jesus, is yours. And and to think, you know, uh, and of course John 17, you know, is an amazing high priestly prayer that Jesus prays before he goes to the cross. And and in that prayer, you know, he he prays for us that we would know that the Father loves us yeah. as much as he loves Jesus. You know, it's easy for each and every one of us to say, well, Jesus is the perfect son. Who couldn't love Jesus? But the father himself loves you and I as much as he loves Jesus. And and I know we know that in our intellect. But when it becomes more and more a heart reality, that's when I I really believe that we, we start getting free from this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think tied in with the whole thing of shame is... The whole thing of fear. Mm. Yeah, fear is something that paralyzes us. And I think many, many people suffer from fear, different kinds of things. And um, John writes in his letter, you know, perfect love casts out fear. You know, very often we don't need to be delivered from a spirit of fear. We just need to receive more love. I would say, most often, more often than not, <laughs> um, we need to receive love rather than trying to be delivered of a fear because perfect love casts out fear. 
And so I, I just want to encourage us to keep soaking ourselves mm. in love because that's the thing that will begin to dissolve, wash away our fear. Yeah. And, you know, we become rooted and grounded in love. Instead of our foundation going down into fear, which John tells us has to do with punishment, you know, our foundation, our roots go down into love. And we draw all the life we need, all the strength, all the energy we need from love rather than from fear. And, you know, I, I think we can all just stop and look into our own lives and, and see fear. Mm. You know, I know I can. And I think for all of us, we can we could do that. We could stop and just see fear. And, you know, I really believe that the primary antidote to fear is just saying, Father, I need to receive more love. Will you pour your love into my heart by the Holy Spirit? Will you just pour your love into my heart now? Mm. Father, will you just just soak me in love? Will you cause my roots to go down into love? Yeah. And that's the thing that I really believe, and I've seen it so often, I've seen it in my life, I've seen it in, in other people's lives. It That's the thing that changes us. Mm. And it brings a security and a safety into our life that's, that's not been there. Mm. So if you know this fear Amen in your to heart, that, brother. Yeah. Let it go, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think like what you're saying, even with shame or anything we're struggling with, love is the love is the the, yeah. the answer, the source. It's it's like it's like we don't have to deal with this stuff in our own yeah. ability. All we need to do is just posture our own hearts to yeah. to receive his love. And then love deals with everything. Yeah. <laughs> the Father's love. And the Father's love, I, you know, I think the more that, uh, you know, I have, you know, grown in this revelation, the more you see different aspects of his love, right? You yeah. see his, his encouraging love, the Father's comforting love, his tender-hearted yeah. love, yeah. his rejoicing love. But there's also a ferocious protecting yeah. love yeah. that a father and mother has for their children. And so, you know, when we... Do not focus on that the external things, but actually focus on Father. Would you thank you that you are loving me right now, even yeah. in this moment? Nothing yeah. in all creation can separate me from your love right now. Yeah, and yeah. just let love deal with all that stuff. Yeah. I think that to me that's kind of the simplest way to posture our hearts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's spend a few moments just just opening our hearts, shall we? Yeah. Um, we just like to take time. And each, you know, wherever wherever we're at, whatever's going on, let's just take a few moments and say, Father, I want to know. I want to experience you being a father to me. Yeah. And so, Father, we just simply want to open our hearts before you. And we want to allow you to be a father to us. We thank you that you're always fathering us. You're always pouring your love towards us. But sometimes it's these blockages that we've talked about that just hinder us from receiving your fathering. Mm. So, Father, we want to hear your voice tonight. Yeah. Saying, I am the Father who loves you. I am loving you right now. I will be a father to you. You know, that fear, instead of 
focusing on fear, let's focus on his love that drives out of yeah. fear. Let's focus on his tenderness, his compassion. Yeah. The Lord is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, forgiving, full of mercy. Father, we just want to open our hearts to receive this downward flow of love. Yeah. That we might become more and more rooted and grounded, established in love. Mm. That the roots of our lives would go down into your love. So that our foundation would be your love. Mm. That you would be that solid rock that we can build our life on. Yeah. Not the, the shaking, sinking sand but a solid rock. Father, thank you for that promise where you said that you would be a father to us and we would be your sons and daughters. Mm. And I want to just ask, Father, that that yeah. promise would burn in our hearts and change us and transform us. That we really would know that you are being a father to us. Yeah. Thank you, Dad. Mm. Now, Father, we ask that you would just awaken in us the, yeah. how close you are. You're close to the brokenhearted and you will save those who are crushed in spirit. Yeah. And Father, even in this very moment, would you just show how, how near you are to us? Would you just reveal by your Holy Spirit yeah. how much you understand our struggles, how how you share in our sufferings. Yeah. That you truly are a father to us in every way. You, yeah. And not only in the areas of spirituality, but in areas of our, our hopes, our dreams. Father, would you just even speak in every area of our heart? Would you just speak the what were the words that we need to hear that would affirm us, Father, that would just set our hearts at rest? And that we would know that we know that we know that that there's nothing that could ever separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Yeah. And Abba, we just ask even right now in this very moment that you would just, yeah, just help us to settle this in our hearts. That we would not be afraid. We would not be ashamed. And Father, that any areas where we feel completely overwhelmed, we just ask that your peace that passes understanding would come and just guard our hearts and our minds. That we would just, that you're just that, those words that, you know, be comforted. Do not be afraid, little one. Mm. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So, Abba, we all need that reassurance. We all need that comforting. We all need that encouragement. So, even in this very moment, we just want to still our hearts yeah. and just hear from you, hear from heaven, yeah. how much you love us once again. Thank you, Father. 
Well, thank you yeah. for being with us again. And next week, it will be Barry. He, I don't yes. Know, either on his own or with a guest. But uh, Fiona and I are um, celebrating Burns Night next week with a few friends. And we are piping in the haggis and doing the necessary to the haggis and then enjoying eating the haggis. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can Google Burns Night and see what the Scottish people, of which my wife is one, get up to and um, what we will be joining in with next week. So yes. uh, I'll be back in the so, week's time. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, I'll be with, with you and maybe with a guest, not sure yet. And just as a... Um, and FYI, too, in two days' time, Larry Pearson, my dear friend of um, mm. Mark and I's, will be just doing a Larry and Barry flow again. It's, it's uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday. So I haven't posted that yet. 1 p.m. So two six days from now. 6 o'clock so UK six, time. 6 o'clock UK time. UK time. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday. So that's two Great. days from now. So look for that on Facebook. So, But, Brilliant. yeah, bless you guys. And hope to see you next week. Thank you, everyone. Thanks.